Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, today we are continuing our series called Contenders. You know, I like, uh, how many of you have ever been to a water park and you have spent some time in the lazy river? Right? Um, I'm not going to mention names, but my wife loves the lazy river. I mean, it's her favorite thing. Some of you out there are saying, yeah, that's mine too. And you know, all you got to do is you just, you hop in this inner tube and you just, you just go with the flow. And it's amazing how 10 minutes can turn into two hours when you're in the lazy river, or at least before you had kids, <laughs> that could happen. But, uh, but, you know, when it comes to serving God, I feel like sometimes we have this theology that serving Jesus is like just going with the flow. Just go with the flow. Once I give my heart to God, I can just go with the flow. Serving Jesus will be easy. But I want to tell you this morning, this series is teaching us that if you're going to be a, a Christ follower that makes a difference and sees everything in your life and in your family come to pass, that God wants you to come to, that wants to come to pass in your life, you can't just go with the flow. Tell your neighbor you can't just go with the flow. And listen, if you watch television at all, if you listen to social media, most of what the world says today is just go with the flow. And don't, whatever you do, don't ask questions. Right? But I want to tell you, don't just go with the flow, but learn to contend for what God has for you personally in your life. So Jude is going to teach us this morning not to just go with the flow, but how to contend for what God has for us. We have our scripture on the, on the screen this morning. And I want to ask you, can we read this together out loud this morning? This is sort of new, but let's do it together. Your mark is set, go. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you. But you, dear friends... Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. We'll stop right there. We're going to finish the rest of that next week. But uh, I want to ask you to look at some particular verses right there. On the follow, on the far, my far left, looking at it, I guess it would be yours too. Those who follow mere natural instincts. Do you know what following your mere natural instincts means? It means you're just going with the flow. Today I want to talk to you about contending for yourself. Now just that title, I wrestled with the title of this message for like three weeks because I've been like, this sounds so selfish to contend for yourself. I mean, the first part of this message was contend for the faith. Next week, we're going to talk about how, to, how you can contend for others, contend for your family, contend for those that you know are far from God, how you can make a difference in their life so those who are far from God can come near to God. But this week, contend for yourself. I mean, that sort of sounds selfish in a way. But I believe it is time for us to contend for what God wants to do 
and us personally. So, Father, I love you, and I thank you for this word we just read together. And I pray that the word of God will work in our hearts, work in our minds, work in our spirits, that we will no longer just follow mere natural tendencies. But, God, we will contend for what you want to do in us through the Spirit. And we'll give you thanks for that. Everybody in the room said amen. Jude, whose book we're reading, the half-brother of Jesus, has gone from being a skeptic of who Jesus is and what he can do to now he is an ardent believer. You cannot talk him out of it. As a matter of fact, he has gone from wondering if his, if his brother is partway crazy to where now he believes that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. He is arguing that all of us should contend for what Jesus can provide for us. And he starts right off by reminding us of everything that Jesus has said, others have said, and he said, stick to that. Even though people are going to marginalize, criticize, and minimize everything that Jesus has said, Jude says, contend for it, but don't just contend for the faith that we talked about last week. Contend that the faith is alive in you. Now, I believe that all of us need to become as knowledgeable as possible about the Word of God. The Word says we are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Another place, the psalmist said, I've hidden the Word in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Word is our source of strength. It's our source of stability. It's our source of guidance, right? The, the, the psalmist said, it's a, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. We must know the Word. I cannot minimize that any at all. And I can't even over, I can't maximize it enough. I can't oversell it to you this morning. But I do want to tell this, tell you this. We must, we must move from the place of knowing the Word and knowing about the Word to a place where we contend for the Word to be applied to our life, where we move from natural instincts to spiritual spiritual uh, following of God's Word. And, and this is why I've, I've, na- I've labeled this sermon, Contend for Yourselves, because it ta- it's an internal fight to go from living life how you want to live it to the way that God says we should live it. And the way we know whether I'm living life the way I want to or the way God wants me to is the application of His Word. It's not a mystery. It's the application of His Word. And we live in a place where we are going to have to contend for the Word of God to live out in our life. It's not going to come natural. Matter of fact, our society is trying to bait us into living by the natural. How many of you are familiar with the term clickbait? Right? It is the strategy that social media posts and news maker, uh, you know, the people in the evening news, they make the, the headlines of every news article, every happening on planet Earth today. They, 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 they maximize, they, they try to make that headline as far out there, as destructive, as as sensational as possible, hoping you will click on it, read their article that may or may not be true, but if you'll click on it, then you'll see their advertisement and they get paid. 
But the result of it is, as a people, we are taking in all this sensational information that may or may not be true. And most of the time, it leads us to believing that the sky is falling, the earth is burning, that everything that you see is, is, in a, is going to hell in a handbasket. In, hand in some ways, it may be, but here's the enemy's hope, is that you will panic and go by the natural as opposed to doing what God wants you to do. First John tells us that we, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. So the first thing I want to tell you this morning is don't spend, how can I contend for God's best in my life? You have to decide that I'm not going to live my life in panic mode. We live in a world that wants you to live in panic mode. People make more money off of you if you will live in panic mode. People can sell you things you would never buy if they can get you to operate in panic mode. They can get you to do things you would normally never do if they can move you in a panic mode. If you walked in the door this morning and you are in panic mode for your marriage or panic mode for your finances or panic mode for any area of your life, I'm not denying that there might be real problems there. I'm not denying you might need a miracle there, but I want to tell you that that miracle's not going to happen in results of your panic. The miracle's going to happen when you focus your attention on Jesus. So we got to stop living in panic mode. We can't do that. I know we live in a world that's getting worse and worse, but the Bible says that it's different for us than it is the believer. We can't just make judgments. Well, people say it's going this way, so it's going to be that way. Megan got on my case two weeks ago. Because there was a basketball coming up, basketball game coming up, and she said, are you going to watch it? And I said, no, because we're going to lose. She said, don't say that we're going to lose. And I said, so I got out my phone. And I said, well, there's this matchup predictor. How many know what the matchup predictor is on ESPN? Okay. That's what it looks like. And it said that we were going to lose to this team, not this one. This one's wrong too, by the way. And it said we were going to lose. I told Mika, I said, look, it only says we have a 13% chance of winning. And she said, listen, I don't know if she called me babe or dummy or what, but she said, listen, those people have been wrong before. You can't live your life because some, some algorithm said, some talking head said something. So we watched the game, and guess what? Our team won. So about Thursday this week, I downloaded this nice graphic where it said that the Razorbacks were going to beat Kentucky yesterday. That didn't happen either. I bring this important stuff up this morning to ask you how much of our life are we declaring can be victorious 
are, is, are, is, is, is just doomed to destruction because of what other people said instead of what God says you can have, you can experience because what the Word says about you is different from what the world says about you. The Word, the, the word says two things about these days we live in. The first one isn't going to excite you very much, but I want to tell it to you anyway. The first thing the Word says is that the world is going to get worse and worse. How much convincing do I need to spend on this point to let you get that one? You think you got it? 2 Timothy says some things about it. 2 Peter chapter 3 says some things about it. Do you think the Lord gave us all of this information about that our world is in a downward spiral in its condition so that we can live our whole lives in panic? No. Jesus said... I've told you these things so that when the time comes that you can have peace in the middle of panic. And here's the second thing the Word says. is not only is the world going to get worse and worse. I love this part. It says the church is going to get better and better. Did you know that? And some, some of you are thinking, think, how can the world get worse and worse and the church get better and better? Isn't it one or the other? No, it's both. That in the worst conditions on planet earth, the church is going to be experiencing the move of God and the presence of God and the power of God like never before because there's no darkness, there's no force on hell on the outside that can stop what Jesus wants to do in your life and my life on the inside. Amen? Amen? Acts chapter 2 says in the last days, same last days, where Paul said, People are going to be getting worse and worse. People will be, kids will be disobedient to their parents. Not our kids, but other kids. <laughs> People will be lovers of themselves. In the same context, where the Word says it's getting worse and worse, the Word also says in the same context, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon my people like never before. I love this image of pouring out his spirit. I like what one commentator said. Basically what God was saying that everything he's ever done in the history of the church has been a drip here and a drop there. Here a drip, there a drop, drip, everywhere a drip, drip. Everything that God has done has been drip, 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 drop. And I don't know about you, but I've seen God do some really powerful things. And it was just a drop in the bucket. But he says in the last day, he's going to move from going here a drip, there a drip, everywhere a drip, drip. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I don't know if he's going to get out the heavenly fire hose or if he's got a, some kind of big bucket he's just going to unleash. But what he says is as we come to the conclusion of this time, we, we have, can have an expectat, uh, expectancy that the church is going to get better and better. Now hear, hear, the, hear me. It doesn't say the church is going to get easier and easier. Which is why I'm preaching this message this morning. We have to contend for what God has for us. What God wants to do in us, isn't, it's not going to come because we jump in the lazy river or we just go with the flow. No, it's because we contend for what God has for us and because we choose to live, here's point two this morning, we choose to live by higher standard. Jude said in verse 19, 
These are the men who divide you, who follow natural instincts. I would love for someone just to write in their phone or on a piece of paper somewhere that, those two words, natural instincts. And go the next seven days and every time you are face-to-face with a challenge, ask yourself, am I making this decision, this response, this reaction, am I making this according to my natural instinct or according to what God's Word says will bring His blessing? Because those two things are usually miles apart. And so God's called us to live by a different standard. First Corinthians says we've not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. In other words, there's supposed to be a different spirit operating in the people of God than is operating in the world. Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to a person, but the end of it is death. So we can't live our life by what comes naturally. We're going to live by what the word promises will bring the supernatural power to your life. I heard of, uh, I could put it to you this way. Imagine with me, there's two men who are trying to get from point A to point B through a forest. Neither of them have ever been this way before. The first guy sets out on his journey, and all he has is his instincts. He's just going to feel his way to his destination. He finds himself going in circles. He finds himself tripping over things. He finds himself getting lost. He finds himself always wondering the question my kids always ask, how much farther till we get there? Contrast that with a second guy who has to make the same journey, but this guy has a map and a compass. He's not going to go in circles. He's not going to be lost. He's going to know where he is in the process of getting from point A to B. Why? Because where the first guy only leaned on natural instincts and ability, the second guy has something else he's connecting to that's guiding and driving his path. And friends, I want to tell you, the second guy is a picture of who we're supposed to be on planet Earth, that we are dependent on him, his guidance, because without him, we're lost. Jew says, no, we don't do this. By our own. We don't do this by what comes natural. We do this by serving the Lord and following Him. Third, this morning, it says the way we contend for God's Word and God's will in our life is we have to build ourselves up. Tell your neighbor, you got to build yourself up. It says, build yourselves up in most, in your most holy faith. How many in the room you have kids? A lot of you. All right. Do you remember when your kids first came home from the hospital? How you had to get that little spoon and feed them? Those, those little bites. Well, I guess you first started with a bottle, but eventually you, you graduated. <laughs> All my requests to babysit just got canceled. <laughs> you start with a bottle. Eventually you got that little spoon. And you thought, this is so awesome, I get to feed this little baby. And at some point, feeding this baby kind of got old, right? You, you started 
you started wondering, when are they going to start feeding themselves? And at some point, you gave them the spoon, and they started feeding themselves. Now, listen, you didn't, you didn't teach them to feed themselves because you're really just tired of them. You didn't teach them to feed themselves because, because you're mad at them. You didn't teach them to feed yourself because you're trying to, you know, shake your responsibility. You started teaching them to feed themselves because you realized for the rest of their life, their growth is dependent upon what? Them feeding themselves. And Jude says, listen, at some point, you've got to learn to contend for yourselves. You'll learn to build yourselves up. And he's, there's two ways he gives us to, to build ourselves up. He says, number one, you have to tap into the source of faith, which I've already talked a little bit about this morning. How many know where our faith comes from, the source of our faith? Faith comes where? By hearing and hearing the Word of God. Flip side of that is faith departs and gets skewed and messed up when you start listening to the voice of people instead of the voice of God. So every day is either a faith-building day or a faith-draining day. That's why I need people around me who love Jesus too. I need people around me that are in love with Jesus and applying His Word to His life because I'm going to build myself with God's Word, but I also need people who come by and, and challenge me with God's Word if I start to stray or remind me of God's Word if I start to get overwhelmed. I need to tap in constantly to the source of my faith, which is the Word of God through Scripture and through the people God's put around me. And I'm guessing you need that too. I'm guessing that. That's why I think we need to be in church every time we can possibly be in church because we need people who we need relationships with people who will speak the word of God into us. We've got to tap into our source of faith. Well, Pastor, sometimes I read the Bible and I don't I don't get anything. Sometimes I read the Bible and I can't even remember what I read, and I don't really know if it's working. You know. Every evening, I plug my iPhone in right beside my bed. And more than once, I've gotten up the next morning, and instead of that little percentage thing saying 100%, it was like down to 11%. Because I didn't plug it in all the way. I thought I'd plugged it in, but apparently I just like barely stuck it in there. I stuck it between my cover and the, I don't know. I don't know how, some of you are thinking, Pastor, how do you mess up plugging your phone? I don't know. I just know I can do it <laughs> because I've done it more than once. And some of you feel like that's your, that's your faith story. I read God's word and you're like, oh, I don't know if that's really doing anything or not. I kind of, let me check it. Is it really working, you know? And I've got a different iPhone charger now in my office. The one in my office when you plug it in, and if, if it's charging, it actually turns a little green light on. I love the green light. It lets me know that I'm not wasting my time. When I get here on Sunday morning, my iPad's going to be charged up. That little green light, I love it. It brings me so much peace. <laughs> I wish that when you read the Bible, like there was a green light on your Bible that lets you know, hey, this is doing something for you. But, but most of our Bibles aren't equipped with a green light. 
But I want to tell you, God's Word is working on you and in you when you feel it and when you don't feel it, when you know it and when you don't know it. I like what one preacher said. He said, God's Word is not just something that you read, it's something that also reads you. And sometimes it reads us and we respond to it. Other times it just, it, it's like what we had for lunch on Thursday. I don't know what it was. I just know that I'm still alive today. I know it sustained me. I know it kept me. It, it worked in ways I, I don't know. That's how God's Word will work in you. Some days it is like the light bulb. Some days it reads us. Other days it just equips us for what's going on that we're not even aware of. Then the second thing he says, he says you strengthen yourself by praying in the Spirit. And that, that terminology, pray in the Spirit, is not just an a obscure phrase in the New Testament. Matter of fact, it's several times written in the Word of God to, to always pray in the Spirit. You, you feed yourself by praying in the Spirit. I want to talk just a little bit about that for a moment because, did you know, prayer is not just a discipline. Prayer is the way that God's power flows into your life. So if you're feeling empty this morning, we're going to have a moment in just a minute. We're going to, I would love to pray with you. I'm going to pray that God would fill you, that God would lift you out of whatever you're going through today, that He would give you immediate power to overcome what you're facing. But I also want you to know that, that you, can, you can feed yourself at home. You can get to the Word, and you can pray in the Spirit. You know, the Word says in Corinthians that those who pray in the Spirit are the phrase in chapter 14. It actually talks about, and I know I'm about to lose somebody, but just stick with me, okay? It talks about those who pray in an unknown tongue. That's what that phrase is, pray in the Spirit, can mean one of two things. One of the things is pray in the Spirit can mean inspired prayer, which meant I, I sat down to pray about my broken foot. But while I was praying for someone's broken foot, the Holy Spirit inspired me to also pray for their heart or their money or their finances. I, I can sit down, I can pray to the Lord about one thing in my life, and He begins to reveal to me something else in my life that He's helping. That's praying that He, he, he inspires my prayer to go somewhere. I really didn't even inspire uh, and intend for my prayer to go. That's part of praying the Spirit. The other part of praying the Spirit is, is what we call speaking in tongues from Scripture. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 4. It says, He who speaks in a tongue, listen to this word, edifies. Just say this word with me, edifies. You know what that means? It means to build up himself. Did you know that God has a personal prayer language for you? That when no one else is around, you can connect with the power of the Holy Spirit and he can build you up. And Jude says, as we get closer and closer to the end of the days, we need to learn to pray in the Spirit so that we can be built up in our faith, built up in our spirit. Romans says, in the same way the Holy Spirit, He helps us in our weakness. When we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and He instructs us how to pray. He gives us the ability to pray for things we don't know how to pray for. And we do that through our personal prayer language that is given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you have your personal prayer language, but I would challenge you to begin to seek it. It is one of the most dynamic ways that I personally stay built up. It is the only way 
that I stay ready for the task that God has for me. It's the only way I get through seasons that normally I couldn't get through. Megan, if you want to come, I'll never forget several years ago, our church, this church, several years ago, not long after I got here, we were, the church was going through some painful seasons, and I'm not sure how many people even knew what we were going through, but, but I did not know. Have you ever been through a situation you didn't know how to pray? Like, it was so bad that you didn't even know, you didn't even know what the answer should be. Like, should it be this? Should it be that? I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to pray. And I just, I, we were in here on a Tuesday morning praying for staff, and I just, felt, I just sensed the Lord tell me, start using your personal prayer language. And for the next six months, when I was personally praying, I refused to pray in English. I engaged my personal prayer language for sometimes 30 minutes at a time, sometimes longer than that. Just, Pastor, what, what do you think God was praying? I have no idea. I just know that I would come into a moment where I was empty depleted and destitute spiritually and I walked out full of faith with more than enough grace of God in my life to make it through what I was going through. Today I'm sharing this with you not because I'm trying to get you to have a doctrinal conviction. I'm sharing this with you because I know for me personally it's the only way I get through certain seasons of my life. And if you're having a good, a hard time getting through a season of your life, it could be the Lord is waiting for you to press in. And He's waiting for you to say, understand, hey, I've got strength for you that you don't know. I've got help for you that you don't know. There is a way for you to tap into my spirit that you don't know about if you'll let him. He says, build yourself up. Build yourself up through being open to inspired prayer. Build yourself up through the Word of God. And build yourself up by seeking this beautiful gift of personal prayer language to the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. We're going to pray a couple different ways today. The first prayer is this. If you want me to include you in it, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a minute. If you say, Pastor, life has been beating up on me. And you know the reason life is beating up on you today is because you, t- you spent too much time. I know this is right in your business. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone, but, but you are keenly aware. The reason I am dealing with what I'm dealing with right now is because for too long, in one area of my life, or maybe multiple areas of your life, you say, Pastor, I just went with the flow. I just, I didn't really pay attention to God. I didn't really pay attention to what He was asking me to do. Maybe you were in church. Maybe you weren't in church. But you're just kind of going with you know, natural instincts. But today, say, Pastor, life is beat up on me. And, and I, I've sensed the Lord tell me I've got to start contending for His way, for His will in my life. And today I'm, I'm making the decision. I'm, I'm getting out of the flow of the world and I'm going to get in the flow of what God wants me to do. I'm going to contend for that. I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to choose that. You're making that decision today. We just lift a hand there real quick. So that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I, I'm changing gears this morning. I'm changing flows today. I'm getting out of one flow, getting, getting out of the flow of natural instincts and getting to the flow of spiritual, spiritual direction. Amen. Several hands across this room. Then the second question 
I want to ask this morning, if you say, Pastor, I need to tap in to the ability to refuel my own life. And when you begin to talk about getting into the Word, when you begin to talk about beginning to practice my personal prayer language, I know those are a couple of things I need to step into, and, and you, maybe you've had zero interest in that, but just this morning, you feel the Lord lifting your interest and telling you, hey, listen, that is something you need, not for someone else's sake, but you need this, you need the Word, and you need the Spirit so you can live a life that is built up and not depleted. Say, Pastor, that's me. The Lord's speaking to me about pursuing that. Would you lift a hand real quick with me, Pastor? Amen? 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 I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. I'm sorry, you already got your heads, but I want to ask you to stand with me this morning in just a minute. If you lifted your hand or you didn't, say, Pastor, I need prayer this morning. Those two things, that's not really what I need, but, but, but you say, I need personal prayer today. If you lift your hand and you would like personal prayer, I want to ask you, would you get out of your seats right now and come down forward and in just a minute, Megan's going to lead the congregation in the closing song of worship, and I'd love to pray for you if you would like personal prayer today. Would you do that right now? Several hands were lifted. Would you get out of your chairs real quick and just come? Meet me down front. I would love to pray for you. I'm going to believe that God is going to change your life today. He's going to deliver to you what only God can deliver to you. Several are coming this morning. I want to ask our life group leaders, our ministers, our deacons, their spouses to come. And I don't, I don't do this every, every service, but if you are a life group leader or a deacon, one of our ministers, I want you to ask those who are standing what you can pray with them about. I want you to personally ask them, what can I pray with you about? So I'm going to give you guys about 20 seconds. Go ahead and personally ask so you'll know how to pray for them today. Congregation, in just a minute, we're going we're gonna to pray. Megan's going to be the, lead some worship. I would ask you to do one of those two things. Worship with us or stretch your hands forward and pray for those that have come today. Let's believe God together today. Carry your 
victory perfection could never earn it you give what we don't deserve and you take the broken things and raise them to glory you are my champion giants fall when you stand undefeated every battle you've won i am who you say i am you crown me with confidence i am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all
There's several still praying. I want to say God bless you. Thank you for 
your sensitivity and hanging out with us today and praying for those. But if you do need to slip out today, we understand that. But I want to pray for you before you go. Those who are praying are going to continue to pray. Father, bless the people today. God, bless them. Keep them. Let your face shine upon them. Give us the power, the determination to contend for every promise you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, next Sunday, we're going to talk about how to contend for others. If you've got a lost loved one, a lost friend, we're going to talk about how to contend for them to know Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for being part of this assembly. If you're a guest, I'll be out front in just a moment. I'll let them meet you and greet you. I just want to move your heart. Get caught up in your case right here in your presence, God. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.